Welcome to the Service Driven Life Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Clark, and I have set up over 4,000 nonprofits and received over $10 million in grant funding. This podcast is designed to highlight community heroes and give tips on nonprofit and service-based business growth. Hello and welcome Earth Angels. We are here with another wonderful, wonderful guest. If you heard our last podcast, or I'm sorry, the podcast before last, it was with Miriam and this is her husband. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself um, to everyone? Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for having me on this wonderful, wonderful episode of this podcast. And uh, I'm a little nervous because I, I, I get to follow a superstar. My wife, Miriam, is quite the superstar and uh, I've grown to uh, really love the opportunity to be introduced as Miriam's husband. So my first name is Miriam. My last name is husband. I am Miriam's husband. My real name is Anthony Dix, and I serve as the senior leadership consultant for 180 Management Group, where my beautiful bride is our CEO and fearless leader, Miriam Dix. So that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about the types of organizations you all serve. We serve nonprofit organizations uh, across the country who are growing or experiencing the pressure of, of growth. Uh, change, of course, is natural. Growth has to be intentional. And sometimes organizations uh, don't understand the nuances of the differences uh, that in order to continue to um, have influence and impact in a way that achieves and accomplishes mission, it takes intentionality when in regards to growth, because the context in which you serve, it's going to change. The landscape politically is going to change. The way things are funded and the amount of funders you may have, all of those things are going to change and there are opportunities amid all of those changes to continue to grow. And so that's where we meet organizations when they're in that phase of trying to discern whether or not are the changes going to lead to our demise or can the changes lead to our development and what intentional uh, steps do we need to take to create systemic and systematic change so we can continue to thrive in the future? Awesome. So what does that look like? Do you all do like coaching with them? Um, are you actually creating things like SOPs and um, things like that for them or what does it look like? Sure. So we base our consulting is really what we are. We're management consulting. Uh, we consult uh, in operations and leadership, really a three-pronged approach, people, processes, and planning. And we do offer coaching services. We uh, offer consulting services. We're branching out to do some other things in regards to providing some online educational uh, opportunities as well through courses. But the majority of our, our service lines involve consulting and coaching. And those two things start with an assessment of an organization's culture or an organization's leadership. Uh, really culture overall, but looking at it operationally and through a leadership lens, we've got assessments to do both of those things so that we can really do what's best for the organization, customize a plan and a way to move forward to really create organizational transformation in a way that's going to enhance that nonprofit organization. I love that. I absolutely love that. Tell me a story about one of your organizations that you're proud of and a growth moment that they've had. Oh, well, I'll, 
as a consultant and a coach, we, we really can't disclose a lot about our organizations because the work we do is extremely sensitive. Uh, and so one, one story that I, I will share is how that we, we had a client and we were doing some coaching at different tiers of leadership in their organization, all the way from executive leadership to just the staff. And they went through an extreme transformation in about six months to where the secondary leadership team realized their strength and began to be bolstered uh, and gain courage to be that strong second tier of leadership, that strong secondary leadership. And they realized just in spending a short time, six months, two hours a month uh, with me as, as a coach, they, they, they realized an extreme amount of productivity by dedicating just that small amount of time to coaching, uh, yeah. coaching it, it for it to work. It doesn't have to take a lot of time out of a person's productivity and workflow, but two hours out of a month, not two hours out of a week, but two hours out of a month, you got 40 hours, 35 to 40 hours a week, four weeks, that's 160 hours. And only two of them, that's less, a little bit more. Yeah. That's less than 10%. That's almost a little bit more than 1%. So with 1% of your time dedicated to intentional, strategic, and systematic coaching, you can experience exponential productivity and exponential transformation and change that can really lead an organization into the future. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have the opportunity to serve that organization. So thank you. Thank you for asking about that. Absolutely. That is awesome. I am definitely a, a fan of coaching and not just because biasly I'm a coach myself, but because coaching has impacted my life in so many mm -hmm. ways. Um, mm -hmm. When you can take someone, number one, just getting an outside perspective is so powerful. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, that in itself just really can be life changing. Mm -hmm. But when you can take and you can have someone who has been there, has seen it done, has seen, mm -hmm. has been where you're trying to go and you can join arms with them and have them guide you. So you're not running sometimes in all different directions um, with no intention or utilizing tools and systems and things like that, that aren't yeah. at your highest level of productivity or your highest level of output that you can, um, that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a powerful thing. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. And what we're going to be yeah. talking about today is creating heroic leaders amid organizational hardship. And I'm very oh, yeah. excited mm -hmm. <laughs> about this topic because we help organizations typically in their first five-year stage okay. where they're just Ooh. getting started and yeah. they're just, it's like yeah. the hardest stage. Yeah. So a lot of times there's always hardship and you mm -hmm. know crisis and things like that during that mm -hmm. time. It's just a very mm -hmm. fragile time. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, how do you create heroic, le hero heroic leaders amid organizational hardships? Well, there are a few things that go into this concept of one, heroic leadership, and two, creating them in a context of hardship. So we'll start a little bit uh, with the organizations that you, you might serve. And you're talking about zero to five years, right? Um, so those zero to five years, in, in many instances, uh, as we've talked a little bit before this, this podcast, just in brief about many of those organizations are serving a need in their community. And so they're born out of a need that a person experiences and has some type of moral impetus or passion to create change 
at a, at a grassroots level, maybe starting, but to create change that is livable, that can be seen. And in many instances, those people are not uh, equipped with the same amount of resources and tools that others may be. And so many of the, many of the institutions that are started are started in a context of hardship already, right? And so they, they are trying to solve the problem of a hardship in the community, but in order to do that, they've got to build an institution that is viable and credible and even, even in the nonprofit space, profitable, you still need to have profit margins because no margin, no mission. If you don't have any resources, you can't do the mission. And so all of that creates uh, a context of, of hardship. And so that's really, I, I would say the primary ingredient because the primary ingredient is a person with passion. You can't create heroic leaders if you don't have a hero. Hmm. That hero, what makes a hero a hero is being called to, beckoned to, pulled to an impossible task. Hmm. So what helps to create organizational, organizational heroes is in fact the hardship. Wow. The hardship is not a hindrance. Hmm. The hardship is a help because if there was no hardship, you can't say emphatically that what's being pulled out of me and trying to solve this problem would be evident if the problem wasn't there. Hmm. So there's almost a match that, that occurs between the, the, the hardship and the hero. Mm -hmm. Every hero, there is a hardship to which they are called to overcome. And to every hardship, there is a hero that's being pulled to overcome it. So those are the kind of like the first two things. First, you need, you need a hero. You also need hardship. And then you need help. Hmm. <laughs> you need help uh, because the hero in story theory, and there's several books written about story. I won't go into them uh, at length at the moment, but in many of them, Chris Vogler, his book on the writer's journey, um, Donald Miller, his book, Hero on a Mission, uh, Joseph Campbell, his book, The Hero's Journey. That hero usually wrestles with inadequacy and a lack of courage. So, and, and I'm pretty sure you've seen this in your work where that founder of an organization or that new ED has so many things going on around them that they begin to internalize some of the hardship that they see externally. And they start to say that I don't have it. We're not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not connected enough. I don't have as many political connections as I, I need to have. I don't have the kinds of donors and relationships with donors. I don't know how to get in front of people or I'm not very good about speaking. I'm passionate about doing the work, but I'm not as passionate about casting vision or creating a context where people are convinced by the stories I tell. I'm not a great storyteller. And they rehearse those inadequacies or uh, inefficiencies that they may have. And so they wrestle a lot with feelings of inadequacy and what they need is help. They hmm. need a coach, a guide, someone to come alongside them, to give them a plan, to give them some type of actionable plan and encourage them to continue to move forward. Hmm. So if you're going to create organizational heroes amid hardship, one, you need a hero, two, you need hardship, but three, you need help.
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so, so powerful. Even talking about the hardship and seeing it as a requirement. Mm -hmm. Seeing it as a requirement as opposed yeah. to the perspective of, you know, this hardship is here. I don't have mm -hmm. enough um, income or this problem mm -hmm. is bigger than me. But mm -hmm. just seeing it as this is part of the recipe required. Mm -hmm. To for me to really be able to grow, for me to be able to succeed. And I think about my own personal journey um, and why I chose nonprofits to support and to serve. Mm -hmm. And though I had gotten to the business space, that was the first space that I was in. And I, I believe your wife similarly. And then yep. I transitioned into the nonprofit space. Yep. Um, but I started with the business space and fell in love with businesses at a young age. But because of my own hardship, and mm -hmm. dealing with mm -hmm. domestic violence and finding mm -hmm. myself inside of a nonprofit mm -hmm. um, residential place protecting women and their families from domestic violence. Mm -hmm. That through that hardship is how I started and it birthed that seed of mm -hmm. serving nonprofits. Wow. 4,000 nonprofits, wow. 12 million in growing funding later, wow. that was all created and that passion was sparked by the hardest time that I had in my life. You know, yeah. so, but when you can be aware of that mm -hmm. during the hardship, mm -hmm. yep, that is that yep. powerful perspective that can really, really give that growth. What are the biggest mistakes you see um, amongst the, the organizations that are really in that chaotic time or that growth time? Yeah, it's really what you've alluded to is it's the power of perspective. They lose perspective, most in general, because they're involved in the hardship. They don't have another set of eyes. I was um, listening to someone doing some speaking several years back, and, and they were telling a story about how they had been at home and they were doing what they normally do. They had, you know, just you know, kind of like just got out of college, weren't used to keeping a house on their own. And, and their parents came by. And when their parents came by, they came in and said, what's that smell? What is that smell? And, and the son is like, I don't smell anything. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Dad goes around and he looks and then eventually through the investigation of his nose, he finds what it is that was smelling so bad. It's like, son, like when was the last time you took out the trash? It's like it smells like it smells. I don't smell it at all. And, and the, the story concluded, of course, with the son taking out the trash and his dad basically told him that if you're not careful, if you get used to what you're living in, it can start to smell and you won't know it. And sometimes you need to invite in a new nose. Hmm. So every now and then you need a new set of eyes in your organization, you knew, or you just need another nose because there may be some things that are going on up under your nose that are just unnoticed. And it's not always problems. It could be a treasure that you have walked past this whole time. You've called it a problem. You've called it a problem. You've called it a mistake. You've called it a hardship. But with a new set of eyes and a new nose and a new perspective, there could possibly be a possibility amid the problem. There could be an opportunity amid the obstacle. A friend of mine runs a, a company and his company was heavily positioned on, on in-person workshops. So that was how they were making a lot of their money before 2020. So they were heavily, heavily positioned on in-person workshops. It was a whole experience, music, food, the whole nine. Well, when COVID hit and no one could meet, it really threatened the viability and profitability of their business. But the person at the helm 
asked a question that I think is one of the best questions any heroic leader can ask. Whenever you're faced with a problem, ask what's possible because of this problem. Hmm. Not what does this problem hinder us from doing, but what lanes are open because of this hardship? What opportunities are being created that we can capitalize on, that we can leverage, that we can advance mission? What problem, what possibilities is this problem causing? That's a heroic question that most people may not ask because they're so engulfed with either putting out fires or just as we say down here in the South, running around like a chicken with your head cut uh -huh. off because you've got so many things going on at the same time and it takes uh, help, uh, another set of eyes, a new nose and a perspective to help move through those types of situations because that's the main, main challenge that I see. When you're in the midst of a problem, the first thing you lose is not liquidity, is not donors, is probably perspective. Hmm. That's good. That's actually, it's very, very um, close and similar to a question I ask myself anytime mm. I'm feeling like something is just happening that mm. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. You yep. know, an example, our um, our uh, Facebook ads account got hacked mm. into over the summer on our first day of vacation wow. when we were headed wow. for vacation. I'm like, shoes, what is this? What's going on? They had put an ad on there. We ended up having to change all our cards, do all of that stuff you have to do mm. to protect everything. Mm -hmm. And during the time, it was definitely a chaotic time. Oh, yeah. But we were able to continue vacation. Wow. That was a blessing mm. for me. We were mm. able to, we had organized and orchestrated our things where we were able to continue. Wow. There were people good, in place. I realized as I started to call the people and they were telling me that I was on hold. Uh, I was like, I started feeling better and telling myself I'm feeling better and better the longer I'm on hold. Cause they said, you're on hold. Sorry. There's high call volumes right now. I'm like, mm. okay, other people are going through this. Then mm. I realized I'm talking to the fraud department. There's wow. a whole department for this and yeah. things that are set up and things that mm. are in place because these are things that just happen. And yes, there are some things that I learned from that that mm -hmm. I'm now doing differently, which mm. is awesome because now I'm even more protected. Mm -hmm. But there's also things in place should something happen because nowadays there's just everything as the protection grows. So unfortunately, sometimes does risk and people who yep. are wanting to do negative exactly. things, you know, exactly. but it was all in the perspective of how I was seeing that thing. And I was like, Hey, mm -hmm. I'm happy this is happening now because, you know, I can move things around. I can get it all sorted. Mm -hmm. I'd rather it happen now than at another time as we're at another growth level. Right. Let me learn this lesson on this growth level. Exactly. But exactly. Switching mm -hmm. your mindset to what is the opportunity here? What mm -hmm. am I supposed to get from this? That's mm -hmm. what I, I, I switch it to. This is coming to me for a reason. What am I supposed to get out of this? Mm -hmm. Me and my husband celebrated our fifth year anniversary this last oh, weekend. Wow. Congratulations. We a wonderful trip by the lake um, in this little cabin by the lake. And we wanted to do something different. And it was definitely different. But on the way home, we got a flat tire. Mm. Which mm. was just no big deal. You change it, you have a spare, right? Right, right. You just got a new vehicle not long ago. They don't give you spares anymore in the vehicles. I didn't know mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah. And we have something called run flats, which is a specialty tire. Yep. So they're very hard to find and you have to look mm-hmm. all over. And it was a Sunday. You know? So <laughs> that means everything's closed. Yeah. So we have to extend our stay. We have to stay over. And I just realized, you know what? This is just an extended stay. We get to enjoy some more time mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. And now, guess what? We have a spare <laughs> because we had to get that all sorted. And we wanted to make sure that that never happened again. So mm. now we have one, you know? Mm. So not to mention, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. That's one gotcha. of the models and values that I live by. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, we are protected sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. the thing that happens that we're like, why is this happening? Was mm-hmm. a protection for something else. You never yeah. know what the reason was why you got this flat tire mm-hmm. and you were diverted, but you could have mm-hmm. been diverted from a path that exactly. you weren't supposed to be on, you exactly. know? And so exactly. I realized that that perspective switch is the most powerful switch that you mm-hmm. can have when it comes to leadership and within a leader. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the first thing that you typically tell those leaders that are like running around with a chicken with their head cut off um, when you guys get started? Well, slow down. Let's pump the brakes. Let's try and try and find a way in which we can pause. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's difficult to come up with solutions and plans while you're in active warfare this is why you're in active crisis mode why you're actively fighting the fire now leaders do have to have the kind of um dexterity to balance both planning and problem but there are times when problems get the best of us we're human mm-hmm. and so creating a safe space where the leader can come away to reevaluate what's going on and to gain their bearing one of, to me, one of the most important parts of an organization is the people. Mm-hmm. So the, the first question is not what do I need to do, but who am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Who am I in this situation? What are my responsibilities? What are the tools at my disposal to create solutions? Who am I supposed to be? My, my Miriam, her favorite Marvel character, is uh is Iron Man, and uh, if Iron Man, I think it might have been Iron Man two, could have been Iron Man three. Anyway, if you hadn't seen it, spoiler alert, that is what it was. <laughs> but it's a, a pretty old movie. After the fiasco in in New York, where Iron Man goes up into the wormhole in in New York, and you know all of the the aliens are coming down, and he of course solves that problem. He starts having anxiety. He's having an anxiety attack and there's this little child who's kind of exacerbating it and saying things and make it go over and over and over and over and over again because of some of the problems in this second plot. And, and he's having a fit. Tony Stark is just, he's having a fit. He's sitting outside of his car, can't do anything. This is a brilliant, brilliant mind, billionaire. He's done heroic things before, but in this space and time, he can't handle it. He can't handle it. And he's trying to figure out, well, what do I do? What do I do? Well, what do I do? And the kid says, this little child says, well, aren't you a mechanic? Why don't you just build something? Mm-hmm. He, he reminded, not to sound too much like a Black Panther, tell them who you are. <laughs> he reminded him of who you are. You're a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And because you are a gifted mechanic, these are things in your toolbox. This is the way you solve problems. And so to give leaders a space 
to back up, pause a little bit, reevaluate. Now, who are you? Hmm. You're the executive director, but what tools does the executive director have at their disposal to solve a problem like this? Hmm. Let's think about what you already have. You're the CEO, you're the COO, you're the program director, you're, you're, you're the chief administrative officer or the director of learning. Well, given those responsibilities, what do you have at your disposal? You've got tools, you've got assets, you've got influence. How can we leverage those things to create a plan so that you can do what you do? which is yeah. great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. And people sometimes so often they're so close to their gifts and they do yes. them so easily Man. that it's hard for them to really see them. Mm -hmm. And so often we get so used to the tools. I always talk about social media and having mm -hmm. a camera right here. Mm -hmm. Really, You can mm -hmm. go on, start to talk about your organization, talk about what you're doing. You can mm -hmm. connect to hundreds, thousands, even a couple of people at your disposal at any point in time. Do you know what our ancestors who had to buy a billboard or a commercial if they wanted to get started on something right. for tens of right. thousands of dollars right. would have thought about that? But sometimes mm -hmm. we get so used to it. Mm -hmm. And so many people carry this thing around in their pocket and they have no idea, idea. what it yep. can do. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about Facebook earlier and I always give that example because if you've never dealt with Facebook ads, yeah. you have no idea the information that mm -hmm. Facebook has oh, yeah. that, <laughs> they can, that people can utilize to target you. You yep. think, oh, they have my name and they have my... No, yep. they have your name and your email and they connect that email to all of the background data online mm -hmm. to be able to pull age yep. and family and the things you like to purchase and all mm -hmm. of these things, not talking about cookies and you don't realize it, what you, you just don't know what you don't know. Yep. yep. You know, it's a, even a lot more of us better than we know ourselves. Yes. Powerful tool. <laughs> yes. Yep. So right sometimes now. we get so used to us as a powerful mm -hmm. tool that we forget to really see mm -hmm. all of the areas that you can really utilize and how you can do this smarter and not harder. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. where that outside perspective is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last question I'm going to ask you okay. specifically for someone who is a master at leadership and developing leaders. Do you believe that there are natural born leaders or do you believe that anyone can develop the skills to become a leader? Well, that's an excellent question. That's an excellent question. There are different leadership theories, one of which is the great man theory that kind of purports that idea that leaders are born and not made. My, my mind kind of logistically goes to, there's no way for a leader to lead without being born. Hmm. We're born babies. So regardless of whether you stand on leaders are born or made, every leader has to be raised, period, because you don't come out of the womb leading. Now, the way I define leadership is as primarily a responsibility. Uh, there are conversations that have been going on. I'm, I'm a John Maxwell team, uh, certified team member, and John Maxwell years ago defined leadership as influence. Right. Leadership is one's ability to influence. And to a certain degree, that is true. 
that definition may not have aged well because it was given in, in that de definition was disclosed in the days long before Facebook, mm -hmm. <laughs> long before Instagram, long before TikTok, Snapchat, and other social media uh, platforms that allow people to gain influence. So now we live in an age of social media influencers. Mm -hmm. And these influencers, are they leaders? To me, leadership is primarily a responsibility because you can influence someone without the responsibility to take them anywhere. Hmm. Very true. Take them anywhere. So leadership to me is primarily the responsibility that is given to others to promote and protect human flourishing, period. Hmm. If you are a leader, you have been given a responsibility to protect and promote the flourishing of someone else. If you're protecting and promoting your own flourishing, then you're probably not a leader because a leader implies followers. So you are protecting and promoting what can flourish for other people. Those type of people have to be raised. They mm. have to be developed and they have to be developed intentionally, mm. intentionally. So I think two things can be true at the same time. Everyone has, is born with the capacity mm. to lead. Unfortunately, everyone is not born in a context that develops that capacity. And Tracy, this is the thing that I've learned. Don't tell nobody else. This is the thing I've learned. Many of us in leadership in organizations, we neglect that capacity hmm. because we focus so much on intentionally growing our organizations that we neglect continuing to intentionally grow our leadership. Mm. And we build organizations that outgrow our leadership. Mm -hmm. Or we create hardship because we are trying to grow an organization without the necessary leadership growth to take it there. Absolutely. So you got to keep evolving as a leader. And it is intentional. Like I said before, growth is, in, is change is natural. Growth is intentional and you can intentionally develop as a leader. Got to be born, but you got to be made. Absolutely. I love that. That is absolutely powerful. And it really gives hopes for those who are developing themselves mm -hmm. as a leader. And I, I, really want to, I really will go as far as to say is if you are actively developing yourself and if you are actively reading leadership books and self-development mm -hmm. books mm -hmm. and you know, you have that seed in there yep. that can become a great leader because you have mm -hmm. the awareness mm -hmm. that it's important for you to start that development process. Exactly. So exactly. that is absolutely powerful. Tell everyone that's going to want to know how can they get in contact with you all? What is their first steps if they want to work with the organization? If you would like to work with 180 Man Manager Group, let me first say it would be our honor and privilege to serve you. Uh, because you're doing amazing work, especially if you listen to this podcast, you're engaged in some work that is changing the world. And so we would love the opportunity to serve another world changer. And you can give us that opportunity by going to our website, 180 Management Group. That is 180 Management Group. Don't ask me to spell all that on this podcast because I can't do it that fast. Uh, 180managementgroup.com. And just click the schedule a call button. You'll see different options if you need uh, training and workshops, if you need leadership consultation or operations consultation, choose whichever fits where you are now and we can connect and go from there. 
Awesome. And I'll make sure that I have that link, of course, in the show notes. Where do you guys hang out? I think it's Facebook more on social media. If someone wants we are, to. We are really on LinkedIn the, LinkedIn probably the, most. the most these days. Okay. Uh, we do have Facebook, uh, but our, our company profile is on LinkedIn. We have personal, of course, Instagram pages, but uh, mostly for, for the work we do together, it's mm -hmm. is on LinkedIn okay. these days. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So we'll be sure to include your LinkedIn um, link as well in there. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you so much it. for your time. Oh, this has so been filled with gems, powerful, powerful um, conversation. And I look forward to hopefully having you two back in yeah, the near future. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a review. If there was some type of nugget that you got out of this last episode. And if you are not following us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Tracy Angelica Clark. And our website is ClarkandClark.org. If you are interested in starting a nonprofit organization and you don't know where to begin, we have set up over 4,000 nonprofit organizations and we've helped them to receive over $11.5 million in grant funding. So reach out to me and I'll let you know when our next training program starts and I'll get you all the details on how to get started with a nonprofit today. If you have not already downloaded our free nonprofit crash course and checklist, you can do so at ClarkandClark.org and I'll see you guys in the next one.